Tappers, what's up? It is the Wednesday edition of the Daily Tap. We have a good show today. Excited to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks potentially being the best team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, we're going there. We're going to have that conversation. We're going to talk about why everybody trying to trade Aaron Rodgers in early May are is an overreaction. Settle down. Let's walk through this. Let's talk about that a little bit in detail. We will also chat about Christian Yelich's back and if we should be concerned and where do we go from here. But we'll do all of that and start with the Milwaukee Bucks. So the Milwaukee Bucks were playing the Brooklyn Nets for their second straight game. Uh, the NBA has done a lot of this this year. I imagine we're going to see more of this next season when you have a full NBA season and you have back-to-back games. So you have... You have the Milwaukee Bucks playing the Nets for two straight. And this game mattered because they're still trying to potentially get the one seed in the Eastern Conference. Now, it's not going to be easy because Philadelphia has a cakewalk to the finish line. But the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Brooklyn Nets for the second straight game. If you remember, Stephen A. Smith and the first takes, get ups of the world, was like, I'm not impressed with the Bucks after one win. We'll see if Stephen A was impressed with two wins because this was kind of a game the Bucks. I don't want to say should have lost, but if you look at the box score here, it was not necessarily one of the Bucks' best games. I mean, Giannis was 11-30 overall. He shot 12 threes, which is way too many. Um, we can talk about that at another time. Um, they had an off night from Chris Middleton until the fourth quarter. Dante DiVincenzo showed up also in the fourth quarter. They didn't really get much out of their bench except for Bryn Forbes, who's become maybe more of a six man than Bobby Portis. And you had a great game from Kyrie, who had 38. Durant had 32. There was really no reason, and the Nets made 23s. There was no reason the Nets should have lost this game, yet they did. They got hot at the end of the third quarter, and we thought, here they come to give like a knockout punch to the Bucks, and then and they were up six at one point, and Milwaukee flipped the script on them, went on eighteen to one run, and got hot. And I don't know if Brooklyn can match up with Milwaukee. And I know what we want to say about their players, and we want to say James Harden and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And look, they have one of the most talented rosters. In the NBA. I'm not going to discount that. But at the same point, the the chemistry, the unity that Milwaukee has, the coaching. I know people like to give Bud a hard time. But Steve Nash, in these fourth quarters, the last two games, I really haven't been impressed. And do you really expect Steve Nash, a first-year coach, to have all the answers in his first go-around with the playoffs? And, and Brooklyn doesn't have an answer for Giannis. Even though Giannis was bad tonight, 11-30, he still had 36 points. I mean, he got to the free throw line 12 times. He had 12 rebounds. Like, Giannis still had a good game. Um, and they they don't know how to match up with Giannis. Durant can't take him. Blake Griffin can't. Jeff Green can't. And, yeah, they gave him a little more space and dared him to shoot. He still made four threes. That's still 16 points. Or, no, 12 points. Whoa, bad math there. Four-pointers, no. It's still, that's still 12 points for the Bucks, right? That's, th- that's still part of the reason Milwaukee won this game. And they just don't have an answer. And that's, that's, that should be really scary for Brooklyn. That, they should look at these games and kind of panic. Because they got 
two thir- a 30 and a 40 point game from Durant the last two nights and it wasn't good enough. Kyrie Irving was off on Sunday. He's on today. Didn't matter. Milwaukee is good, guys. And I, I said it in the review, like, believe in the Bucs. Like, seriously, you need to believe in this Milwaukee Bucks basketball team. That is what I would recommend everyone to do. And if you aren't believing in this team, I don't know what you're waiting for. And I think they might be the best team in the Eastern Conference. And I think they have a real shot at being the Eastern Conference representative. Now, this isn't some lame late season take, right? Where we're just trying to be be different because I think a lot of people are expecting, we're expecting Nets Lakers finals. I think we have to get over that the Lakers are going to be in the finals because LeBron James can't stay healthy. And yeah, Anthony Davis can do a little bit here and there, but he can't take them all the way to the championship. I'd be shocked. So I think you have to start thinking about the Bucs and you have to start thinking about another team in the West. Like if you asked me today, if you said today, you said, Charlie, what's your finals today? Gun to your head. I would say Buck Suns. That that would be my finals. And I, I actually would love that series. I would probably live and die with every moment of it. But I think that would be what it is because I feel very confident against Brooklyn and Philadelphia. The Bucks have beat Philadelphia three times this year. They beat Brooklyn twice. They're five and one against Brooklyn and Philly. Now, there will be an asterisk because people are haters and would love to do that. That the Bucs have not won any of those games with their teams at full strength. That none of those teams were at full strength when the Bucs beat them. Bucks beat the Sixers twice without Simmons and once without Embiid. And then they beat the Nets the last two games without James Harden. And the first one that they lost to, I believe Kevin Durant was out of that game. He might have been, or he might have been, that might have been one of the only examples of the full strength Brooklyn Nets but that game went down to the wire I mean oh no Durant did play in that game so did Harden that was and but I had no Kyrie so Kyrie didn't play in that game but that game went down to the very very end and the Bucks were definitely in that game so yeah there can be the asterisk but look at the end of the day you gotta play the games you can't keep saying well they don't have this guy they don't have that guy Guess what? That doesn't matter, brother. And the Bucks have beat the Sixers with Simmons and Embiid. I'm not, I don't think any of us are concerned about that. Yes, Simmons and Thibel are great perimeter defenders, but they can't score for shit. Drew Holiday is going to make their day a living hell out in the perimeter. Who the hell is going to score perimeter-wise for the Sixers against the Bucks? Seth Curry? Is that really what we're going to rely on? Furkan Cormans? Embiid's had some games against the Sixers, but so has Giannis. Giannis has dominated the Sixers. So how can you not say that this is the best team in the Eastern Conference? It's pretty obvious to me. It's I don't even know if it's close. Like I should take that back. That's a little more. That's a little hyperbole. But like I think there is enough examples here and enough sort of history that can really make you think. Yeah, this is this is the best team in the East. And they come at you in so many different ways. Look at this fourth quarter tonight. Dante DiVincenzo really did not play that well this game. And he's been struggling of late. And a lot of us have been pushing for the idea of Bryn Forbes to start. And Chris Middleton had a rough start. He was 2-10 heading into the fourth quarter. 
He found it in the fourth quarter. Dante DiVincenzo made a bunch of hustle plays, scored scored a few buckets. He made a great play at the end to tip out the ball to give Milwaukee an extra possession. So Brooklyn didn't get a chance at a three to try to come back in this one. It was it was a great great effort by those two guys. PJ Tucker has been such a ball of energy for Milwaukee. He's been so much fun. And, uh, you know, against the big teams, against the teams that matter, guys like Tucker and Holiday's defense is just unparalleled. It's unmatched to what Milwaukee had last year. And I said this a podcast, gosh, I don't know, two months ago, three months ago. And I even said this after the bubble. I said, look, against the Raptors, we were too young. We just had a lot of young guys who didn't really know better, didn't really understand what it took to win a championship. Then John Horst overcorrected it and he got a bunch of guys who are too old and there were a little too much fossils out there. And now it seems like Horst has blended the perfect combination of young guys mixed with old guys. As I mentioned with Brent Forbes, he's become our sixth man. Bobby Portis is as good of a seventh man. And now you have a really good bench. You look at that bench and you say, all right, Bryn Forbes can win us a playoff game. Bobby Portis can definitely win us a playoff game. I don't know if Pat Connington can win you a playoff game. Maybe he can win you a half, okay? Thanasis can help you come back from like a 15-point deficit when you just need somebody in there as energy and just go through it like the gates of hell and just bat out of hell I think would be the better way to say that. But... Like, there are guys on that bench that all play their role. P.J. Tucker can definitely win you a playoff game. So I I am really encouraged with this Milwaukee Bucks team. And I think there is enough there that I am not worried about anybody in the Eastern Conference at this point. I know that a series against Brooklyn or a series against Philly would be a fucking dogfight. But if you want to bring Miami to Milwaukee in round one, go ahead. Bring it. I'm not scared of Miami. I know there are Bucks fans who are scared, and I think you're idiots if you're if you're scared of the Heat. You don't understand. The Heat got blown out tonight by the Mavericks. The Heat are not good this year. People need to stop convincing themselves that the Miami Heat are actually good. They aren't. They took a step back. They do have Jimmy Butler. They do have Bam Adebayo. But that's it. And we have Drew Holiday. It's a little different. So right now, yes, the Bucks will be playing the Miami Heat. And yes, that would be interesting for a lot of involved parties. But the Atlanta Hawks are falling fast. They Well, they did win. They won their last game. But they don't have a great net rating right now. Their net rating is one of the worst in the in the NBA of the last five games. So you never know. And Atlanta is one up on Miami. Boston right now is a half game back from, from Miami. And I think probably a topic for Mitch and I whenever we get in is like, who do you want to play out of those guy teams? Like, do you want to play Boston? Do you want to play my like what's the best case, worst case for those three teams? Because it, it's going to be one of those teams out of Atlanta, Miami, or Boston. It's not gonna be New York because they're hot as shit and they've won they they are um nine games over five hundred. So they are a lock at the four spot. So it, it it's the Bucks amongst the Atlanta Conference. It's one Midwest team and a bunch of big market teams, which the NBA 
just absolutely loves. And it's going to be great when the Bucks were in their party and we're going to get Milwaukee Phoenix or Milwaukee Utah in the NBA Finals and Adam Silver is going to have a heart attack because that those ratings will not be great. But yes, I am, I'm so excited right now. I think that this is what we've been waiting for in a lot of ways. And I know there's going to be trials and tribulations. But if you think about this season, and it's been a fast season, and you think about all the stuff that Giannis said after the five-game losing streak saying, look, basically fuck the regular season. He didn't say that, but that's kind of what I got out of Giannis a lot this year, where he's like, this stuff doesn't mean shit. We just got to make sure we're playoff ready. And if anything has been proven out the last couple days, Milwaukee Bucks are playoff ready. And they are going to be a force to be reckoned with. It'll be very interesting now with the Bucks three back of the one seed. So they're three back of the one seed. Will they try to get the one seed? And I mentioned the Rockets. All right, Rockets. I mentioned the 76ers schedule. It is not, not a hard one down the stretch. The 76ers end the year with Houston. New Orleans, Detroit, Indiana, Miami, and two against Orlando. I don't know if Philadelphia is losing another game in that. Maybe New Orleans, maybe Indiana, but I don't I don't think they're losing. I, I just don't. So if I were the Bucks, I would not fight for the one seed. You maybe want to fight for the two seed to get potentially the two get those Game 7 in Milwaukee and not Brooklyn as they would be heading for a collision course in the second round. Milwaukee ends their season actually rather easy as well with Washington, Houston, San Antonio, Orlando, Indiana, Miami, and Chicago. I would imagine Bucks are playing Washington tonight. I would imagine a lot of people will be missing from that one. Even though they're at home, I would be surprised if all the Bucks are, are playing tonight. I feel like it's be a good spot to rest or you play against Washington since they're technically a playoff team at this point. And then against Houston, um, everybody takes a seat. I don't know. There'll be there will be a rest somewhere in there. But get really get ready for playoff basketball, guys. It's coming. It's gonna be here sooner than you think. And we're gonna have it. And I think the Bucks are going to flourish. I think they're gonna have a really strong playoffs i'm very excited i am my chips are all in as for the aaron Rodgers drama every day i think feel like we have a new story and we have a new headline grab today it's been there's a less than five percent chance that aaron Rodgers plays for the packers next season that was from rob domofsky of espn i almost said green bay press because that used to work there now now part of the mouse he said that on Dan Patrick. He said that on Get Up. Rob is cashing those checks um, as he's now part of the Rogers Watch, shall we say? It used to be Favre Watch. It's now Rogers Watch. I think a lot of Diana Rossini also kind of confirmed what Rob had said. Marcus Spears was saying it. Everybody is ready to trade Aaron Rodgers. There is a big column from Bill Barnwell of ESPN who blocked my friend Eric for no reason. Fun, funny little story there of the seven teams that could offer a trade for Aaron Rodgers. I haven't looked at this. This is live. 
So here's where let's just look and see what the trades are. Tennessee Titans, Packers get Ryan Tannehill, a first round pick, 2022-2023. They get Rodgers in a fourth. Fucking pass. I will pass on that deal immediately. If you're going to trade with the Titans, I want some young guys coming back. We're not just going to get Ryan Tannehill. We want some young players coming back too. On the, I'm trying to think who on the Titans roster I would, I would want AJ Brown. You want to give up AJ Brown? I'll take AJ Brown. That'd be that'd be great. Uh, Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr, 2023 first and second, and the first round pick for 2023. Again, pass. No way is there. I, I realize Derek Carr and Devontae Adams have a relationship, but I don't really like that. You know, whatever. Darren Waller, they're not going to give us Darren Waller. I'd take Darren Waller, but uh, no thanks. Look elsewhere. The Browns, uh, Rodgers, first round. Obviously, these are all, they're going to give first round picks. Baker and Njoku. I don't understand why the Packers would want a quarter, just a quarterback. Like, they, they have Jordan Love. I, I don't really know if Jordan Love is going to be ready this year, but if they have to have Jordan Love ready, um, why not? Um, I think it's I think you just would make it happen with Jordan Love for this year. If it sucks and you're a top 10 team or you have, you're picking the top 10 next year, you have a bunch of guys coming off the books, you can basically do like a, a rebuild and figure it out and get an awesome get someone awesome and kind of rebuild your roster. Okay. Oh, God. The Giants to get two first-rounders and Darius Slayton. Do you think... All right. Does Bill Barnwell really think the Packers are going to trade inside the NFC? Is he fucking nuts? Is he? Does he actually understand how this works? Do, do you remember the Favre stuff? They told Favre he was going to trade to Tampa Bay. They traded him to the Jets because they didn't want fucking deal with it. Miami, this is a three-team deal. Apparently, it's the fucking NBA. Packers just get a bunch of picks from the Dolphins and Steelers. The Steelers get Tua. Football team, Ryan Fitzpatrick and a defensive tackle. And then we get Rodgers. Okay, um, that one's a little all right because I think Fitzpatrick would actually be okay for this year. It'd be a good gap quarterback for Jordan Love. I'd be fine with that. But again, I'm not, tra- I'm not trading Aaron Rodgers in the NFC. Then a Denver Broncos, which includes Patrick Sertan, Tim Patrick, and Drew Locke. And we get we would give up Eric Stokes too. So wait a second. We'd have to give up our fucking star quarterback and Eric Stokes? I understand that this is contracts. I, I get it. But this is like a larger point. That I, I was going to make, and I'm just very glad I saw this as I was perusing ESPN looking for schedules and shit. Why are we trading Aaron Rodgers on May 4th? Does anyone, does anyone want to know why? Does it? Oh, yep. yep. Charlie in the back there where you got your hand raised. What, what do you have? Um, Yeah, this actually could be like a TikTok if I was talented. Yeah, it's because we have no other news to cover. Oh, what does he win? They're, they're out of stories, guys. Draft grades have been submitted. No one has a fucking story to cover. So we're all ready to trade Aaron Rodgers. 
And there's just, it's way too fucking early to be thinking this. And I understand it. Everybody's going to click on that Bill Barnwell column. And then it's the cottage industry. The fucking Broncos blogger and be like, what do you think of this Bill Barnwell trade? What do you think of this of this Washington football team trade? What do you get traded to the Giants? Like, it, it's how it all works. And then, then it'll be talked on local radio and it'll be talked on podcasts of guys who do the same shit that I do and ignore, ignore <laughs> annoy their fiancés. So it, it's all an overreaction at this point. I'm not disputing Aaron Rodgers could get traded. Let me just be upfront here. I get that Aaron Rodgers could get traded. I fully understand it. I am mentally preparing myself for it. I have. It's not like an immediate thing that I have to do, but I just have to keep telling myself this could happen. This could happen. And I think with all of this being said, I, I just it's not it's not going to happen until June, July. And, and Rob Demossi's like, the day to pay attention to is June 1st. The contract comes off the books. Well, no fucking shit, Rob. Of course June 1st is the day to look for. But at the same time, it's not like they're going to be like, oh, June 2nd, got to trade Rodgers. Look, if they want to work this out with Aaron Rodgers, even if it is beyond repairable, even if that they think it is not going to work, they are going to fight like hell until they can't. I guarantee you what they're doing right now. I'm sure they're not talking. I'm sure that the Packers are in their compound and they are building out a variety of contingency plans. They're building out ideas of who would we trade Aaron Rodgers to, who we wouldn't trade Aaron Rodgers to. When should we reach out again to Aaron Rodgers? Should we let Matt LaFleur lead these meetings? Should Brian? How involved should Brian be? And we'll go back to Aaron Rodgers in a couple of weeks and see what we can do and see how we can make this thing better. And if Rodgers is like, fuck you guys, I'm done. Okay. And then you say, all right, then we start fielding phone calls. Then we start hearing what Denver has, what Miami wants. What, I'm trying to think of another team that could be in that mix. Um, What Vegas is, is interested in. But, the fact of the matter is, is A, they're going to fight for a little while longer. I thought it was interesting. Todd Rosiak was at the T-Rats game, which interesting call to bring Rosiak all the way out to Appleton, but regardless. And Rodgers had a Burstrom Automotive ad in between one of the innings, and he got booed in the stands. And I, I don't know what that says. The only thing it says to me, honestly, is, and I might write about this tomorrow, so I won't say too much, is that Rogers is not Favre. And there are always these people who just didn't think Rogers was the guy, guy that Favre was. And the love for Favre just did not translate for the older generation to their love for Rogers. For I think guys my age and younger, I think it has. Because some of them don't remember far of younger. But, and maybe a little older, I think we we are fortunate. We are the lucky ones. Anyone really from age 30 to age 40 got to really experience both at, throughout their life. And it's an amazing experience. But I think us are all right with either. But a little older, 40 to 70, like my mom, who's 
in her 60s is has been more critical of Aaron than she was with Brett. And she, she's been a Packer fan for her life. She'll always be like, dollar to the right, whatever, some ice bullshit. But yeah, she loves to tell you she's been a Packer fan since the 60s. And I really, I really think that there was not the same like love for Far or Rogers in the older generations. So with him getting booed in Appleton and a likely older crowd out there, I'm not surprised. And I'm not surprised that the fans are like, whatever. It dude, this like I think everyone's had enough. I think a lot of people are burned out. I'll admit the Packers aren't blameless. We talked about it on Monday. You can go listen to what I said there. And Mike Florio wrote a column. Amazing that Mike Florio wrote a fucking down-the-middle column that really was outlining both why Aaron Rodgers was wrong and why the Packers were wrong. thought it was really good. I like Florio on like part of my take and shit, but I hate all his Packer coverage because he's a Vikings homer. And just like Kyle Brandt, who... Roger's friend. I mean, he did one fucking podcast. I like Al Brandt. But again, he's a Bears fan. Like, does anyone in the media actually work for a team that doesn't exist in the NFC North that isn't the Packers? Just someone answer me that question. Nate Burleson's fucking former Lions player. Like, Jesus. That never stops. Peter Schrager, best friends with Kyle Shanahan. Sean McVay. What are you going to do, man? And I like, let me be very clear. I like Shrags and, and Kyle Brandt. I would welcome them on the podcast anytime. But I'd also be like, to feel like you're judging the Packers is a little unfair. Just let me know. I wouldn't do that because I'm a pussy. We'll see what tomorrow brings with the Aaron Rodgers news. Every day it's different, man. Well, that, two days ago we had Kumaro and Packers kind of playing some damage control. Like, oh yeah, we would have drafted Justin Jefferson and Brandon Ayuk. I'm like, yeah. I know exactly what the fuck you want to do in this draft. I had it pegged. I told everybody. No one wanted to listen. I was like, look, Jordan Love was the last guy that they wanted to draft in the first round. And they should have probably made more of an effort to trade down, and they didn't. And that that was where they fucked up. And especially not telling Aaron Rodgers, also part of the, the fuck up there. But we'll see where the drama brings us on thir- Wednesday. Lastly, on today's show, we're going to talk about Christian Yelich. So Christian Yelich back on the injured list. He lasted all but a day. Um, he comes back. He, I think, had a hit. Might have two. And told Craig Council basically, what I did today, I can't do daily. And Craig Council's like, all right, we're going to shut you down again, and we're going to figure out what the hell's wrong here. And I don't really understand how no one can figure out what's going on with Christian Yelich. I really hope it's not something extremely serious where, and and I'm not trying to overreact here, but it seems like it's kind of a problem when he can't really do a lot of the normal stuff with his back and that they thought this back stiffness was figured out and now it's not. So I think there needs to be some real hard looks at what's going on here and try to figure out if it's like a fusion thing where He's going to need surgery and be out for the season, and it's going to make it better long-term. All right, deal with it. And I know the Brewers sunk a lot of money into Christian Yelich, and you're already starting to hear a little bit of the, oh, is he the new Braun? Oh, is is this contract complete bust? Look, any one of us would have signed that fucking deal. 
So don't even bark up that tree. Not yet. And you can't predict injuries. None of us can. Baseball's all guaranteed money. It fucking sucks. It's why football's king. Because Yelich, if he had an injury like that, he'd be on he'd, he'd be released after his club option was up or something like that. But you get you can't go there yet. Because A, you don't know what the injury is. You don't know if this back injury is something that he just needs time off. He needs rest and relaxation. Or if it's very serious and he's going to be out for a year. I am starting to lean towards the latter. I think this is pretty serious. If he's telling management, hey, look, I can't I can't do my day-to-day shit. Then that's that's a real concern. And... I think the Brewers can make it without him. Like I, I think they have a very good roster. I think because their starting pitching is so good, they're going to need a little more from Jackie Bradley. He had a big home run tonight in their loss to Philadelphia. But they're going to need a little bit more from Avi Garcia. Everybody just kind of has to step up if you're not going to have Christian Yelich. It's nice to have Lorenzo Cain back. But you can't necessarily think that this is going to be a short-term thing with Yelich. Good opportunity for Tyrone Taylor. Good opportunity, Corey Ray, if he ever comes up. I think Tyrone Taylor deserves more time. I know he's not great defensively, but I do think Tyrone Taylor has a spot on this team and should get some reps in at left field. Although I imagine with with Kane and with Kane being back, it's not probably not going to have a lot of outfield availability. Eric Lauer tonight, what a weird sort of start for him. He just had one bad inning. I mean, if you look at Eric Lauer's night, it wasn't, I know we're, we're talking about Yelich, but I think what we just, we kind of said what we need to said. It's it's just, we're going to wait and see where it comes with Yelich. And if he is able to heal up, great. And he is ready for the second half, awesome. But I think it's hard to really make any sort of overarching statements on it because we just don't know we don't know what what it is it's just a mysterious back injury at this point but yeah eric lauer man one really bad inning he gave up gave up five runs or they gave up five runs brewers did or six but four of them were unearned runs i mean eric lauer struck out seven he did allow three home runs he's gonna have to he's gonna have to work on that i mean he's gonna have to work on not giving up the home run ball but he did strike out seven. Uh, Fire Eisen struck out the side in the ninth, in the eighth. That's not lovely. It just was not, you know, error by Shaw and Lauer had two errors. That's that's gonna kill you. And the Brewers have kind of done this now back to back games. Can't have this shit. And that's the Brewers are not a good enough team to kind of be throwing it around the ballpark and just need a little bit more from the crew. And I still thought there were some nice things from Eric Lauer. I'm not ready to sell all my stock. Got to keep the ball in the yard, though, especially at a place like Miller Park. Now, I think he'll play, if he does pitch another game, I think it's Miami. So he'll he'll get a hitter-friendly park, which, or I'm sorry, a batter pitcher-friendly park. So that should be good. But, yeah, everything you did against L.A. has basically been wiped out with a three-game losing streak. I think they still have a two or one and a half game lead against the Cardinals. No, the St. Louis Cardinals uh, have now taken over first place from the Brewers. So they are out. The St. Louis Cardinals are in. 
Um, the Cardinals are red hot. They were postponed today because of rain in the St. Louis area. But yeah, we'll see what happens with Christian Yelich. We'll see what transpires with the, the Brewers else, elsewise on the on the diamond. And hopefully they can figure out how to keep winning without Yelich. Um, and three-game losing streaks with baseball always makes you a little twitchy because you just you don't know when that next win is going to come. You are facing old friend Chase Anderson tomorrow with Freddie Peralta on the mound. So I feel feel a little bit better about Freddie and then Brandon Woodruff on uh, Thursday afternoon. So that that at least makes me feel skosh better. Skosh better about what, what the Brewers have in front of them. All right, guys. That does it for us. We'll be back tomorrow. Thursday edition. We'll uh, probably talk Bucks Wizards. Won't I don't know how much we'll spend on it. It depends on who's gonna play, who's not gonna play. And I do have like a very interesting NFL schedule uh, topic. I'm I'm probably gonna save it for next week. It's one of those things where I it's a great topic. I love it, but it's probably a little too early to be talking TV schedule because that's that's next week. So I'll save it for next week. That is a very long tease that I'm going to make you wait for. All right, guys, take care of yourself. Have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you guys Thursday. See you. Bye.